Again, thank you so much for being here. As I think we're, I think it's safe to say we're coming to the conclusion of this long study, and obviously one of the reasons it's as long as it is is because of the first 13 weeks we covered the attributes of God in relation to his love. Remember, omniscient love, omnipotent love, etc. You remember that. We talked about the aseity of God and so on because the aseity of God. Remember, God's aseity means what? His self-existence. Self-existence. Everything about God, everything about his attributes, everything about who he is and what he does is as a consequence and is wrapped up in his aseity, in his self-existence. And so all of these are, if you would, outworkings or manifestations of this God who is, who just is. God just what? Is. That means everything about him is. Everything that he does is as a consequence of who he is. I think we understand that. So we started talking about the outworking of God's love, that love which exists within God among the three persons of the Trinity, that intra-Trinitarian love. It is now going to be manifested or outworked in his people. And the manifestation of God's love is the glory of God that the Bible talks about. Yes, there is the glory of God's omnipotence. Oh, aren't you glad he knows everything? Because everything he knows, he's forgiven. Aren't you glad he knows everything about you, Steve? Because nothing's hidden that, oh, I didn't know that, and it isn't forgiven, Steve. Oh, too bad, brother. Aren't you glad the glory of his omnipotence, the power, Aren't you glad for the glory of his immutability? He does not change. He is who he is today as who he is yesterday as who he is tomorrow. Now, grammatically, that ain't good grammar, but it's just good theology. And so, where am I going with this? I had a thought in mind. I've lost my thought. Help me, Debbie. You kind of know. Oh, thank you, Debbie. Debbie is tuned in to where I'm going. And so, in, Genesis, um, in Exodus 34, the Lord appears to Moses. Because remember, in Exodus 33, he had said, show me thy glory. And so, in 33, he tells him what he's going to do. And then in 34, he reiterates, he puts Moses where? In the cleft of the rock. Jesus is the rock, remember? Christ is the rock. Paul tells us that in 1 Corinthians. Remember that? He puts him not in the rock, but in the cleft, in the rock that was split. The split. And Jesus was split or pierced for our transgressions. And Yahweh passes by. And he says, what? Loving kindness and goodness and mercy. Yes, God is glorious in his omnipotence, omniscience immutability, etc. But the glory that he manifests in us is specifically the glory of his intra-Trinitarian love, the way these three divine, equal, eternal persons relate to one another in love. That's the 
specifics of the glory that God is manifesting in his people and that will be fully manifested at the return of Christ. Remember, the glory of God then will be manifested in us when Jesus returns. So this morning, that extra Trinitarian love extended to us is now being manifested in us. And so what are the two bases? We're using Galatians 5.22. What are the two bases for that love in us? The two foundations, remember? The Spirit. Come on. If we don't know this, I can't go any further. If you don't know the basics of grammar, we can't get into composition. Do you see that? If you don't know the basics of how to lay a foundation, Steve, don't worry about the roof. Don't worry about it. What are the two bases of us receiving and manifesting this love? The fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit is the source. He is the power. And He is the purpose of God's love. One more time. God's love in us is not something that God gives us. It is not something. It is He Himself given to us in the person of the Holy Spirit. We have the literal love of God living in us who is called the Holy Spirit. God is love, 1 John 1, 4, 8, is the Father is love, the Son is love, and the Holy Spirit is love. So having given us the Holy Spirit, God gives us of himself, of his very own love. Remember, love is not a thing, it's a person. Can you get it? Do we see that? Very significant, extremely significant. And how does the Holy Spirit communicate or give us God's love or his own love being God himself? He creates within us Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27. Get the verses. Get the connections. What? He creates in us a new what? Nature. He gives us a new heart, the heart of Jesus the heart of God's own love, the nature of the love of God, which is manifested by the Son of God through the Holy Spirit in the man, Jesus Christ. Correct? The Trinitarian love of God. So, and as a result, what's the result? 2 Corinthians 5.17. We talked about this last week, and this is as far as I could go. Hopefully, I'll get beyond it today. I don't make any apologies. What is 2 Corinthians 5, 17? You should know it by now. This is something we should know. Therefore, if any, and man is the generic for per, so we'll say persons today. If any person is where? In Christ. How do you get into Christ? The Holy Spirit comes into us, gives us a new heart, and places us into Christ spiritually, correct? We are connected to him as his brethren. We are his inheritance, remember, from Psalm 2. It may not be Psalm 2. It'll give you the nations as you're in there. Psalm 1, I think it's 1, whatever. We are his inheritance. If any person be in Christ, are we in Christ today? Okay, that's right. Then what's the next phrase? If any person be in Christ, what? He or she is a what? New nature, new heart, new creation. We're new. What does that mean? 
It doesn't mean that Steve Zaringer looks at a house and sees a lot of rotting wood and just kind of paints over it and makes, man, this is a new house. It means that Steve Zaringer absolutely has to get rid of all the old, rebuild it with brand new material. But this material spiritually with which we have now been constituted is not even new natural material. It's spiritual material now. It's new in relation to us. It's not new in relation to God because it is God. It is, if you would, Steve, the weatherboards now of the Holy Spirit. The old weatherboards of our old rotting nature and structure have been stripped away. Do we see that? And what has God put on it, put on us? The new weatherboards of his own son through the Holy Spirit. We have new weatherboards on us. We are a new house. Do we get that, Josh? Do we get that, brother? A brand new house. We ain't the same no more. So if any man be in Christ, is a what? New structure, spiritually reconstituted, brand new, unique after the similitude of the Son of God. I have the structure of Jesus in me. I have been restructured in Christ, by Christ, to be one with him. Do we see this? And you say, well, what? I get anxious about this because if we don't see this, we cannot go any further. So, sissy, what's the next phrase? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. What? Behold! Look at what is going on. What's the next word? Behold what? What's that one next word? Just that next word. What's that next word? Say it again. I can't hear you. All. How much is all, David? Everything. River, how much is all? All of it. All of it. Mama back there, Phyllis. What is how much is all? I can't hear you. Everything. All things, all things spiritually about me, what, Rosa, or what? Brand new. Not just new in, hey, I'm giving you a facelift. I'm giving you a very new face, Gail. Thank God, huh? I'm giving you the face of Christ. I'm giving you a new face. I'm not giving you a facelift, Beth. I'm giving you the new face of Christ. Do we see it? Pharaoh, you need to hear this. You ain't just being gotten a new face, brother. You can cover it up all you want with that mask. We know it's behind it, right, James? We know it's behind that. Ronnie's saying, thank God he's not looking at me. So I'm not going to look at you, Ronnie. You know, my poor wife, you've been given a new face. So let's face it. Judy Gambino has been given a new face spiritually. God no longer sees us with our old face. We have now the face of his own son. So when he sees us, he sees his son, and he loves the face of his son. Therefore, because, Lisa, you have the face of his son, he loves you as much as he loves the face of his own son, don't you see? Are we getting this? Warren, are you getting this? Then smile. Oh, you are smiling. 
Debbie, are you getting this? So when you look at this obnoxious goofball next to you, I'm talking about Charles, not, not, not Luke. I'm talking about Charles, not Luke. <laughs> you see, you thought I would. When you look at this obnoxious man in the flesh, and your attitude is this, 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 this. We're looking at him the way God is not looking at him. And we're thinking and saying about him what God the Father is not saying and thinking about him. Amen? This man has a new face on him and as far as God is concerned. And if God gives him a new face, we need to relate to one another. Right, Cody? With new faces. Can we say amen to God? I mean, it's just... If this is primer. You know what primer means? This is first grade stuff. Floyd is first grade. I'm not going to get through this today to the end of the notes. David, I'm sorry. I lied when I said I'd be finished by the end of January. But you knew that anyway. It's, and I know it's, it may be draggy for some of you. Annie, it's so important. It's so important. So when you get up in the morning and you hold your breath and turn on the light in the bathroom to look at that face, what you see in the natural, Gwen, thank God, he is not seeing it that way anymore. Aren't you glad? So all the max factor and all of that die stuff and what we do, doesn't mean diddly squat to God. It only means diddly squat to our fallen, corrupted flesh. Do we get that? Right, Wendy? Five, first, Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, therefore what? Because of Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27 because of our new birth, because of our new heart, because of a new nature in us, because we're in Christ and he is in us, because we're the children of God and we've been born again, we're saved. Therefore, since, if can be translated since, if any person, since any person is where? In Christ, he and she, we are what? God's new creations. We have been restructured with the fabric of Christ himself, spiritually. Behold, how much all things have become new. What else? Is that all it says? Somebody read the rest. That's something. You see, all things have become new. He's answered the next question. Well, what about... So say it again, Anna. That old junk has been put on the fire. Steve Zaringer has taken all the rotted wood off the house and burned it. He's not keeping it on the side and looking at it. He's no longer to sell considering it. It is going to be, and it has been, burned away. It no longer exists as far as God is concerned. Therefore, I am now free to be a vessel of the love of God. 
And now I am enabled to be a vessel of the love of God. Do you see the two things I just said? I am now free. Free of what? The impediment of my corrupt old nature. I am free from the impediment of my corrupt old nature. Why? I have a what? What? New nature. And as a result of having been free from the corruption and the inhibitment in, in what? How do you say that word? In, inhibit? I shouldn't use words that I can't pronounce, should I? <laughs> because I am free of this, therefore I now have the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power. The power of the Holy Spirit. To do what? Not to raise the dead. Not to preach the gospel. Those are secondary. To be the vessel of the love of God, which is the power of raising the dead and preaching the gospel and ministering and everything else. Right, right, right? Are we with me today? By the way, hello, everybody in television land. A.J. and Darlene may be watching. They're out there somewhere. Hi, A.J. <clears throat> Well, normally he sits over here, but, you know, I, you know, we're only on the second, the second third or whatever of our, my first page. Now, this new nature <laughs> has been planted into us. And you remember last week where we were. We talked about the analogy of Jesus using, I'm sorry, the, Jesus using the analogy of what? A garden. Remember that? That's one of the standard analogies. In fact, where do we, where do we see the first, you know, reference to a garden? Where is that? Has anybody read the Bible? Where is the first reference to a garden? And the Lord made the man where? Outside. He was in the wilderness. He was in, out here. He was way over here. He was like in West Wego, you know. Or maybe worse, Chalmette. I don't know. Could have even been Jefferson Parish, for all we know. And when he made the man, where did he put the man? He placed him where? In the garden. First time you see the word garden. Garden is the location of God's presence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right? Mm. We're not talking about fruits and vegetables and, and trees and bushes here. We're talking about God's presence as manifested through this. And so Jesus, in preparing these men, and I don't know, and there may have been women there, but at least his disciples. I don't say there weren't women. They're not mentioned, but probably were. He uses the analogy. We saw that Jesus used the analogy of a garden to describe how God prunes our nature. Remember that? So that it will bear more fruit. So John 15, 1 and 2, then verse 8. I am the vine, the vine, the true. You, I am the true vine. My Father is a vine dresser. And every branch that bears fruit, remember Galatians 5, 22? Bears fruit. Come on, get the word together. Every branch that bears fruit. Bears what fruit? The fruit of the good work of the Holy Spirit, the good work of God's love. It, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. 
in this is my Father glorified. This is the way God is glorified. Now, why is pruning necessary? Why is it necessary? Do I have 2 Corinthians 4, 7 there? Look at that verse. Is it written out for you? For we had this treasure. Anything next to the word treasure, did he extend that or just has treasure? Okay. We had this treasure. What treasure? What treasure? Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the new nature, a new heart. And let me put it this way to remain in context. We had this treasure of the love of God. We had this treasure. What treasure? God's love. The love of God that is expressed and experienced within God among the three persons of God. This love. We had this treasure where? Some verses say in earthen, some say clay, in earthen vessels. Where has this love been planted? Where? In me. Where in me? In my body. Are, are you with me in this? I mean, everybody's taken enough anatomy or biology to know this, that I have a body. Look, God's love has been implanted in you, in you, in you, in you, in you, in you, and going all the way around the room, all the way, even, even if you can believe it, in me. Hmm. Jamal, God's love is in you. Do you see 2 Corinthians 5.17 in that? Did you just see that together? Did I just quote 2 Corinthians 5? Think this way. Think this way. Think comprehensively about the Word of God, not isolated verses, but comprehensively. They all are puzzle pieces that fit together to make a comprehensive revelation. We have this treasure. What treasure? Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, the love of God. Because we have a new heart and a new nature. Where? In these bodies. Well, okay. Then what does pruning have to do with that? Because once you start planting the seeds that you want to grow in your garden and you put them in the mud, you have just put them in an area that is going to be challenging to the growth of the seeds. Do you see that? Now, I'm no gardener, but how many of us know that we can plant all the beautiful bushes and the trees and the grass, walk away for about six months or a year and come back and it is the same beautiful trees and grass and bushes that we left a year ago, that we don't have to do a solitary thing, that nothing has to be touched. We can just let it flow. Well, what's the problem? These plants and trees and bushes have been planted somewhere that is going to oppose it. Why? Why does that happen? It is the curse. 
Have you read Genesis yet? And the Lord tells Adam, how will you do the land? What will happen? It will get what? Thorns and thistles. And by the what? Sweat of your brow, you're going to do this stuff. You're a medicine man, aren't you? Aren't you a man of medicine? A doctor? Right? Are you a doctor? Do you find that the body works against health? I can't hear you. Yes. Yes. Therefore, you have an occupation. Do you find that if you leave a body alone, don't do anything to it, it will wind up dead very quickly? Amen? David's, David's kind of a loud mouth, isn't he? I don't know why he's yelling so much. <laughs> it has to be tilled. It has to be pruned. It has to be adjusted. It has to be corrected. It has to be ruled over. It has to be... It has to receive the activity of the interference of God's pruning ministry work in our soil, the soil of our corrupt, corrupt persons. It has to experience the activity of the hands of the gardener in order for the fruit to grow or to ripen. Are you with me on this? Any of you who have ever done a garden, is this correct? Now, the Holy Spirit has planted the new heart, new nature in me. Is that correct? Now, the seed of the Son of God has been given to me, right? The life of Christ. It's been buried in my body. He has been buried in me. Diana, do you see that? In order for this person, I'm going to call him the seed. Why do I call him the seed? Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman. In order for this person to grow in me, the Holy Spirit is going to be the Father's gardener, if you would, the agent of the Father who is the vine dresser to do that work for me. The Father hires someone and says, hey, go out and do my yard. Okay, fine. And it's going to take the work of the Holy Spirit to deal with the impurities that are indigenous to me, that are already in my fallen bodies, these corrupt by sin bodies. And that's going to require the pruning work of the Holy Spirit, which is described, if you would, I suppose in many places, but where I felt to go was Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, especially verse what? Well, let's, let's, so what does Romans 12 say? Therefore, Paul has just spent 11 chapters talking about the gospel of the justification of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the gospel, right? So therefore, what? Therefore, I beseech you by what? In view of what I've said, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you do what? 
Is it in your notes at least? All right, but I don't have the first part. Okay, well, you should know it anyway. That you do what? Present your bodies. Now, why in the world does he say our bodies? Because we have this treasure in earthen vessels. <gasps> Troy, that's why he says your body. That we present our bodies, what? That we present our bodies unto God as a living sacrifice. In other words, one who is giving to God what he already has, but what he wants us to yield to, and that is his authoritative work in us to prune us, correct? So we present ourselves to God. We yield to this. We cooperate with this. We embrace this. We seek this. And what is then in verse 2? Therefore, don't be what? Conform to this world. Why? Because this world is a fallen world. I don't know. You may have not known it was a fallen world. Watch the news. Oh, and by the way, too many believers are watching too much news. You're filling your mind with the corruption of corrupted people and allowing your minds to be soaked with that stuff. I'm going to take a chance. It is better to be ignorant of what's going on out there and to be more cognizant of what God is doing in us by the Spirit. If you've got to make, as they say, if you've got to make a choice, go with the choice of God rather than the choice of your curiosity. But at any rate, don't be conformed what? To the corruption, to the self-love, to the spiritual death. Why? We have a new, I'm sorry, the new nature of the Son of God living in us. Why would we submit him to be Im impacted and involved with that out there for which he died to forgive us and to separate us? Isn't it interesting that the Son of God has died to separate us from that and yet the church hounds it so much and wants it so much and wants to have it so much. He died to separate us from all of that. We're to live in the world but not be absorbed by the things of the world, don't you say? The new fads, the new music, the new entertainments. Now, does that mean we shouldn't watch a football game? No. Gene Davidson will watch the Saints today. Only the return of Jesus Christ will stop her from watching the saints. <laughs> now, she's going to do that. And I'm going to be a football widower. Is that wrong? It is not as long. Look, as long as the result doesn't manipulate her and become a part of her psyche and her feelings and her emotions. Don't be conformed, but be you what? Transformed. How to be transformed? Transformed into what? 829 of Romans. What does 829 of Romans mean? What does it say? We have been predestined to be conformed to the image of 
God's Son, Romans 8.29. Transform Romans 8.29. I don't know if I had it there. Sometimes I don't put all the references there. But transform how? Where? Into what? Romans 8.29. That's your transformation. Not transform, Kevin, that you'll be a better person. Because you ain't never going to be better. God is not interested in making us better. The better people have been crucified. It's gone. He's interested in one person. The person of his own son in me. Mike, did you get that? The person of his own son in me. That's, if you would, the better that Hebrews talks about. A better revelation, a better covenant. Be you transformed. Into what? That this body, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Remember verse 1? That this body begin to be filled progressively and controlled by progressively and be manifesting progressively and be exhibiting progressively the very life of the Lord Jesus himself so that when they see us, they do and say about us what they did about the disciples, and I think it was in Acts 6. These are uneducated men and uneducated in the ways of the theology of the Pharisees. They realized they had been with Jesus. They saw Jesus in these men. That's what the world needs to see, and that's what the Lord, the Father, wants us to, them to see. Transform. How? By the renewing of our minds. When we were given a new nature, part of that new nature was a new disposition, a new orientation in, toward, about, from, etc., for God. But you see, our minds were not renewed. Our minds weren't renewed. The nature of Christ now lives in me. But our minds, which control our bodies, aren't most of you controlled by your minds? Do you find sometimes, literally, yes, we do, that our bodies get going and our minds are sitting on the couch and then we get in trouble? Come on. Right? And you realize, oh, what was I, what? Thinking. You weren't thinking. That's the problem. You don't have to ask what. Why, why don't you say, why wasn't I thinking? And so our minds are corrupt. Our minds have not been renewed. Our minds have to be pruned, cultivated, messed with, challenged, adjusted, corrected, led, ruled over, overcome, so that progressively our minds are beginning to think according, out of, as a result of. We had the mind of Christ. Somebody said that to somebody somewhere. So that we are literally thinking, desiring, imagining, wanting, deciding the same as Jesus would and is in us. This is a necessity of the pruning work of the Holy Spirit. This is why we need to be pruned. This is why Jesus says, you're going to be pruned. And by the way, this is where most of our suffering comes in. 
So next week, I'm at the end of my first page. And I think what happened today, because Debbie and Luke haven't been in here before, it's all your fault. So next week, look, look, now let's turn our attention to Galatians 22 and 23, hopefully, as we examine the pruning work of the Spirit, as he transformed the garden of our fallen minds to produce the new fruit of Jesus' own love in us. Do you think you're ready to go into Galatians 5.22? Now, so many are not here today. Hopefully, y'all are listening by television. And if your friends are not here today, ask them to tune in, ask them to go online, whatever, because we want to keep up with what God is saying. Hopefully, the Holy Spirit is speaking through this old man. Okay? Thank you so much for being here.